Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Along to the latest installment of the Forza Italian Football Podcast. Returning as ever, I'm your host, Connor Clancy, and joining me, it rather unfortunately, not to have Nicholas Carroll here, but we do have Vieri Capretta. Vieri, how's everything? Ciao, everybody. Yeah, not too bad, and good to be back. And also joining us again, Vito Doria. It's you're putting together a good run of appearances on the pod, man. Yeah, well, I'm starting to get a hold of, get used to this new format. So I actually really like doing the live broadcasts on YouTube and to talk about culture, it's real great fun. Unfortunately, there'll be a few bad things we'll have to talk about later, but um, otherwise, uh, most of the things sound pretty good. Yeah, we'll, we'll come to those bad things later on, Vito, but hopefully there will be enough positives to get us through the next half hour or so. But I guess the only place to start really is with Juventus. They beat Crotone 3 0 at the weekend and clinched their sixth straight Scudetto title and 33rd in all. Yes, 33rd. Is this current Juventus team the best Italian club side that's ever been seen? Well, if you look at the stats, yes. If you look at the stats, yes. I mean, uh, Juventus, they, their Twitter account put up. Um, a number of, of all their best stats, and they have the the record of uh, of um, every sort of record from not conceding goals to maximum amount of victories. Uh, record of point 102 under Conte, uh, best defense in every single Scudetto season. So in the past six, uh, so the team that conceded the least, they lost zero games in the 2011-2012 season. So, yeah, if you look at the numbers, but I think I wouldn't say so for one reason. It's, um, it's a matter of opponents as well. And apart from the first season under Conte when they fought um, the Scudetto title race with Milan until the very last day, Juve pretty much won this um, every single season. 
straight away. They've always been the favorites. They've always been in control. They've always been ahead. Um, and it's, it enables them to put enough points in between them and the, the, the teams behind them, like it happened this year. Now, it, you know, they only won it now, but they could have won it, you know, a month ago. And that just shows how poor Serie A has been uh, in the past decade or so. And there's obviously been a decline in money and investments in the whole system. And when a team like Juventus, a club like Juventus that works so well, finds such easy, um, and such an easy league to play in and, and win, then it, it kind of dubs down at what they've been doing as well. So I wouldn't say they're the best team in, in history because there's other teams in the past that have done better. And bear in mind, I think um, not having won the Champions League yet is, is something that, you know, uh, weighs in, uh, in, in my personal opinion. But, you know, if, you, if I look at AC Milan uh, at the beginning of the 90s or even previous Juventus sides that had to really fight to win the title... They're not the best side. But if you look at the numbers, nothing like them in history. I'm inclined to agree with you, but maybe this season is a bit different because Napoli have actually set their own personal record for their highest ever points tally in Serie A. And this is a team who have won the Scudetto before. So for them to do that and still come up short, it's, it kind of goes against that argument. But generally speaking, with the fall of the Milan sides, I mean, it's hard to argue with that. One of the comments that's come in, does agree with what you say. But one thing, yourself and Dov made a video straight after the game looking at this kind of topic. And it was either you or Dov who made the point that they might be lacking in a star player like a Messi or Ronaldo. But is Gigi Buffon that player for them? Vito, I'd like to get your thoughts on this because if anyone wants to hear the Aries, you can get in there somewhere and find that video. What uh, you've uh, probably are missing in a way, um, they probably do like that offensive start in a way, but uh, I reckon Paulo Dybala can be that X factor, uh, just keeping in mind that Messi and Ronaldo, they're 30 or older. Well, Ronaldo's 32 this year, so they, they're proven stars, whereas Dybala's still 23. So I reckon if it's not going to be this season, given a couple more years' experience under his belt, Dybala can really be that individual match winner who can turn a game just by himself. At the moment, uh, you'd still have to go with Buffon because he's an amazing goalkeeper and he'll probably go down as the greatest of all time. So, in a way, he's probably Juve's legend or all-time great in this current squad. Yeah, Dybala definitely has the potential to fulfill that. I think Pogba would have been the man to step up before, but they sold him. And I guess one of the surprises this season, for me at least, is that they've coped so well with his absence. And probably the key behind that is the arrival of Sami Khedira. I think he's been an absolutely incredible signing. He's stepped in there so seamlessly. And for me, he's kind of been underappreciated. Fieri, do you think he's one of their unsung heroes this year? And if so, can you name any others? I think um, uh, he's, he's one of the unsung heroes just because he, he's not praised as much as others, but he's, uh, he's one of the key ones because he's enabled Allegri to change to that 4-2-3-1 formation that led to the Champions League final 
and to winning the league and the Coppa Italia and potentially winning the treble. I think the other key player there is Mario Mandzukic. Uh, if you think of, uh, if you look at his uh, curriculum, someone who's been uh, a centre forward all his all of his career, a proper number nine, some always a hard working number nine, but a number nine, someone who's won the treble already, and uh, scoring the final as well. So as an absolute protagonist, and he has the Allegri has the the power and strength to convince him to say, look. You need to defend. You need to play as a winger. So him and you know he, him being humble to accept that role, I would say definitely Kadira, an unsung hero, and as well as uh, Mario Mandzukic. And if you want to mention another one, Dani Alves for the way he's impacted on big games in the past two months. After having a lot of criticism in the first half of the season, uh, these three have been have been key alongside obviously the defense, Buffon, Dybala, and Higuain, who are obvious picks. Yeah, I'm going to be doing a, an article basically just rating all the Juventus players and their contributions to the Scudetto in this season. That'll be up on Forza Italian Football either tomorrow or the following day. But Vito, would you tend to agree with everything Vieri has said there? Is there any other standout players that you would like to give credit to that maybe aren't getting the credit they deserve? I don't know if I would say that Juan Crajado is... Uh getting enough praise. I probably think uh, that, uh, yeah, to be honest, I don't think he's overly praised enough too because he might not be a prolific goal scorer, but his uh, pace on the right wing is uh, absolutely devastating and he does provide a bit of an uh, X factor as well on the right wing. So I think he makes a pretty valuable contribution. The other thing is that with Danny Alves having, uh, you know, um, and a good finish near the end of his career because he's 34 and he's doing well. I think he's scored those sublime volleys and even at his age to cover ground like he does, I think that's probably taken a bit of limelight off Quadrado. I, com- I agree with, uh, with Quadrado being an, a fantastic player. I've, I've, I've always been in love with him since his time at Fiorentina already and he's He's changed a bit since he's, uh, he dribbles less and is a lot more disciplined. But that shows as well, his, he's been able to, to have that mentality to work more for the team and less for himself. And helping out, again, Allegri in turning a, that solid 3-5-2 formation into the current system that's led them to, to the Champions League final. So yeah, good shout on Quadrado. All right, guys, I think that's enough, Juve. Uh, something I forgot to mention at the top was that we do have a little competition going uh, called the Big Bad Joe Giveaway. You might have seen it on Twitter. We've been plugging it the last couple of days. Basically, we'll go into that a little bit more later on, but there's some prizes that you guys could win that are definitely worth listening out for. So we're going to move on to AC Milan now. They beat Bologna 3-0 at the San Siro. And it means they're back in Europe, albeit the Europa League and not quite where they would like to be. But Vito, do you think the fact that they are now trying to compete in Europe as well as in Serie A, does this just mean that it's going to hold them back in Serie A again next year and we can expect another underwhelming season? Uh, I don't really think so. And that's probably because AC Milan's a bigger club and they've probably got Oh, they definitely have a greater history than some of the other teams that have uh, qualified for the Europa League recently. So it really depends on the new Chinese ownership 
to see how much money they can spend on bolstering this Rossoneri squad because they have been linked with quite a few players in the last few weeks. So, And it will also be a test of Montella's coaching ability, but at Fiorentina, he did take them to the semifinals of the Europa League two seasons ago, so he's not a novice in that competition. Yeah, well, they surely will be looking to add this summer. Vieri, one of the players who they've been heavily linked with is Matteo Mazzacchio of Villarreal. He's been in Milan for a medical and his agent has come out tonight and said that a move to the Rossoneri is imminent. Is this the defender they need to strengthen their back line and help Romagnoli and Donnarumma out? Well, if in terms of central defenders, Mazzacchio is definitely uh, a safe bet, but not one of those top stars so you can... You can get him for, for a decent fee. And AC Milan have been following him for at least a, a good year, year and a half. And uh, so th- they're definitely convinced of his qualities. And he's the defender that you needed to have next to Romagnoli. Now, the issue, I think, with the AC Milan defense are the fullbacks. So they'll need to sort those out as well. But there's a, there's a lot of potential signings uh, coming in. Frank Kessy as well. <laughs> I know it will be tough for an Atalanta fan to let go, but he seems already on the verge of signing for AC Milan. So it's going to be a busy summer for the Rossoneri. Yeah, that's actually another thing I'm writing about is all the Milan departures, or Atalanta departures at the moment. Kessie does look like he's on his way there as well for a fee believed to be around $28 I think. Vito, we've spoken about Mazzacchio. I've seen links with Milan for Keita Balde, who only has a year left on his contract at Lazio. Do you think that Balde is a realistic target for them? I know they've been linked with Aubameyang before, but we had Augustilla on who dismissed that as nonsense. What are your thoughts on their realistic targets for the summer? I think Balde is a good possibility because uh, I'm sure Lutito would be keen to offload Balde while he can still make a good profit on him. So I think it is uh, likely that Milan might invest in him and also uh, there's still a bit of uncertainty with the players in the white positions too, like um, Suso and Dario Lefeu. So if they can bring Balde in and the way he's been playing this season, scoring 16 goals in the Serie A alone, uh, he would be a fantastic addition to that team. Another rumour though was that if they don't get Keita Balde, I did read on Twitter, well, last night in Australian time, but European time uh, Monday morning, that uh, Florian Torvan, the former uh, Newcastle winger, now at Marseille, uh, he's been linked with them too. So uh, he could be another good option, but I would go for Balde because of his strike rate and his speed. Peter, I'll stick with you for this. Another one of the comments that's coming live is from a Milan fan, I believe, and he wants to know, with all these signings and the early signs of progression that Milan are showing, does it kind of prove that these new owners are serious about the operations of the club? Well, nothing can really be judged properly unless we see these deals being completed because there is a lot of speculation now and it's not the 1st of July yet. So at the moment, it's just a waiting game for all of us, really. So 
I reckon that once these deals are actually done and it's more than just mere speculation, uh, then I would be convinced that AC Milan have a project going and they look keen to really build up the team instead of just going for free transfers or bargains like in the recent seasons under Silvio Berlusconi and Adriano Galliani. So, and the other thing too is also if the new ownership, they're keen to invest wisely because they don't want to pay too much money for players as well. I think it's a, it's a good sign that they that they are trying out to 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 improve the team. It's uh it's difficult to understand how much money they really have, both the owners and how much money they want to spend in this transfer window. But uh, Fasone made it very clear last week that they intend to be losing money for the first sixteen months uh, to well eighteen months to to twenty four months. First two seasons losing money. Hopefully they'll get into the Champions League and that will fuel um, the next transfer windows and then eventually they'll be on, in the positive side of things. But it's, uh, it's good. I think what AC Milan are doing very well is that they're trying to sign players, but they, they haven't just looked at one fixed uh, objective, but they've, um, they're battling on different fronts in a way. So they're looking at Aubameyang, Morata, uh, Keita... And then they'll see what the best deal really is. I personally think someone like Aubameyang is impossible. But, you know, even just the fact that they're trying to sign someone like that is probably a good omen for the future. You know, another one of the comments has come in, and it's among Morata, Aubameyang, Bellotti, Simeone and Kalinic. Who do you think will become the next Milan striker? And that in itself shows the range of player that they could achieve and that they probably will achieve towards the lower end of Simeone and Probably not Kalinic or Bellotti. Bellotti's fee is going to be astronomical, really, and probably out of their range. But move on now. Um, Lazio hosted Inter, and they were defeated 3-1. This was Inter's first win in nine games. The worst run they've been on since, I believe it was 1982. Is it a coincidence, Vito, that Inter start performing as soon as they can't qualify for the Europa League? It seems coincidental. I mean, now they don't have to worry too much about trying to get into Europe. But in a way, I reckon there was more to it than that. I don't think personally that Inter would have deliberately engineered those losses just for the sake of avoiding the Europa League. Uh, The Europa League is still a European competition and it still would have provided them with a chance to get through to the Champions League if they were good enough to go all the way and win the competition. So um, I don't think they would have uh, lost on purpose for all that time. And as I discussed last week, I think there were several other issues at Inter that needed addressing. The thing I found interesting about this particular victory against Lazio was that they had a few players missing and Stefano Vecchi, the interim coach, had a rather experimental-looking team or, you know, like a second-string side, but... Once they started trailing against Lazio, I saw that they were running a lot more and linking up a bit more. There wasn't a clear style of play, but uh, there seemed to be more energy, more determination to put the score on the board, and that's what they did. And that without their number nine and main goal scoring threat, Mauro Icardi, as well. But 
you mentioned some of the off-field issues that need to be addressed, and one of them this summer is once again going to be who coaches the team next season. Um, Simeone was kind of their very public target for a couple of years now. He says he's not going to leave Atleti. Antonio Conte is another who they're prioritizing. You'd have to think that's unlikely. And Luciano Spalletti, I think, is probably the best candidate for that job at the moment. Vieri, what are your thoughts there? He's not going to stay in Rome. Do you think we could see him coaching the Nerazzurri next season? Well, according to the Italian press, um, that's going to happen, most likely. Uh, especially considering uh, Inter have just brought in uh, Sabatini uh, as, um, well, not, not Inter, but the Suning group have Sabatini as kind of the boss over overlooking all the sports groups, including Inter, of course. And obviously Sabatini has worked with Spalletti at Roma. So he could have um, say the right, the right words to convince Spalletti to join Inter. Because obviously, bear in mind, Inter have a lot of investment ready, or at least sooning have the money to be spent. But they kind of have to be careful on the financial fair play. And you're looking at a, at a club that has sacked you know, three coaches in the past 18 months. So even as a coach to go into Inter, you'd have to be very convinced. Um, Simeone was almost never an option, really. I think he'll eventually move to Inter, but later on the, uh, in line. And then Conte, I don't see any reason for him to leave. Um, so it's, it's going to be Spalletti, probably. And... It's a great choice because you, you have a manager who knows Serie A already, who's got a great CV in Serie A, and all he really wants to do is just win. He hasn't managed at Roma, but he wants, he wants to win just as much as Inter wants to win. So I think he's a, he's a very good choice. I would like to see Inter hire Spalletti as well. One of the things at Roma is that uh, Spalletti would have had to deal with a lot of the politics of the club and also the demands of the Roma ultras. So I think with the atmosphere there, that would have made things hard. And of course, the Francesco Totti situation did not make things easier for Spalletti. But at Inter, despite the chopping and changing of coaches, maybe with Sabatini as one of the directors, he might be able to sort of provide that link between the rest of the board and course between Spalletti and knowing the past together perhaps uh, Spalletti would be able to uh, understand what Sabatini wants to do on the transfer market and Sabatini can understand what uh, Spalletti wants in players so I reckon that to get Spalletti being a proven coach, someone who's coached in Serie A for years I think he would be ideal for Inter and what I would also like to see, and I think it could happen assuming that Spalletti does get hired, is that Spalletti would add more of a style of play and with, and also with the Sooning group on board, I think he would have more money to spend despite the financial fair play restrictions than what he would have at Roma. So I reckon there'd be more finances to help purchase better quality players to suit his uh, 4-2-3-1 or if he wants to change formation, um, I think he would have more money to work with on the transfer market than what he would have if he were to stay at Roma. 
Yeah, I think it would definitely be an exciting project if Spalletti was to go there and join up with Sabatini again. But how many times have we seen things at Inter that look to be exciting projects, but then they're just not given the time to actually develop and move along? On the other side of this game, Lazio, it's a bit of a capitulation for them, really, to lose to an out-of-form Inter. They've lost three in a row now, having lost to Fiorentina just before the Coppa Italia final. Except, Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's a bit of a rare case because they rested so many players. But then to lose that and then to lose in the Coppa Italia final and then to lose to Inter. It's got to be a bit disheartening. Do you think this hangover can continue on to next week when they play Crotone, Vieri? Well, I, I hope so because I'm personally supporting Crotone in their, their battle to avoid relegation. <laughs> Join the group. Um, yeah, why not? Why not? They deserve it more than others. But... Um, I think it, it might be the case because it doesn't really matter because Lazio have had an amazing season and these, these final three games um, don't really matter. I think the only defeat they really care about is the Coppa Italia final against Juventus. Once they've secured Europe, knowing it couldn't be really any better than, than a fifth spot, yes, they could have caught up with uh, Atalanta in theory, but it was never really an issue. It doesn't change much. So... I think they might lose again against Crotone, uh, but that doesn't take away anything from how good they've been this season. Absolutely. Let's hope they do lose against Crotone and the, the Calabrese side stay up while we're on it, actually. I think it's safe to give him some praise because he's definitely not listening. But Nicholas Carroll wrote a decent piece. Decent. I won't go any further than that with my praise. But on Crotone and why... Every Serie A fan, aside from those of Empoli perhaps, should be backing their campaign to stay in the Italian top flight. And it's well worth reading, so head over to ForzaItalianFootball.com and have a look at that. Napoli and Roma did both win and scored loads of goals again, but I think we talk enough about them. But one of the most interesting statistics to come from their wins and everything else that happened in Serie A this weekend is that 
It's the first time since 1949-50 that Serie A has had five goal scorers on more than 24 goals. Vito, is this kind of a sign, if we needed it, which we didn't, that Serie A isn't this boring defensive league and it's actually quite an exciting and entertaining one? I think it's a very good indicator. Uh, I also think it's also an indicator that now we're also seeing teams that tend to play with a, a certain style of play. They're no longer the conservative teams of yesteryear. So I find that very refreshing to see. And also, I think it also shows that, uh, yeah, they do. There is more to Italian football than just the defensive aspects on it. I mean, Italy, as a country, football nation, has always produced talented players and usually the foreigners that come in or historically have usually been talented footballers. So it's good to see that we do see more goals in Serie A. And I just hope that if the strength of the league improves over time and also if the marketing of the league improves as well, hopefully more people can just sort of stop being being narrow-minded and they just broaden the horizons and see Serie A for what it is, you know, make judgments for themselves, watch the games whenever they can or wherever they can too because, unfortunately, um, not everyone has TV access to Serie A. And instead of just listening to, you know, generalisations from pundits or media writers, um, obviously we're going to praise Serie A, but uh, sometimes people just got to make their own judgment. And I think the more people give it a chance, they'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. Um, moving down the table now to Genoa and Torino. Vito, I'm sure you were happy with this. Genoa beat Torino <laughs> and secured their safety in Serie A next year. But I guess, Vito, take it away. Delighted to see the Griffone and Serie A for another season. Well, I'm obviously not thrilled with it. <laughs> Personally, um, the only good thing out of it is that we just get to see the Derby della Lanterna being played again next season that, because it's a fantastic derby. And I reckon out of one of the Italian derbies, it's probably less less valued or less appreciated because Genoa and Sampdoria aren't teams that battle for silverware or they're not uh, a threat to the big clubs. So perhaps that's why that derby doesn't get enough recognition. But uh, as a Sampdoria supporter, I would have loved to see Genoa go down because of what happened in 2011 when they celebrated our relegation. So I would have liked to have seen sweet revenge for that. Putting my Sampdoria bias aside, though, uh, Genoa have been poorly run under Enrico Preziosi in the last few years, and he also made some uh, bad choices in the January transfer window, letting go Thomas Rincon and Leonardo Pavoletti. So, you know, if even for Genoa fans, I mean, they're rather disgruntled at Preziosi too. So it would have... I would find it disappointing that out of Empoli and Crotone, that one of them would have to go down because at least those clubs have stuck with their coaches, whereas Preziosi is another guy like 
you know, Maurizio Zamparini and uh, Massimo Cellino when he was at Cagliari, uh, Claudio Lotito to a degree with this chopping and changing of coaches. So uh, even as a neutral, Genoa deserved to go down more than some of the other teams. And if they did get relegated, it, I reckon it could have served as a wake-up call. But keeping them in Serie A, uh, in a way, I think it's like a tolerance of instability or they're just going to keep the status quo as it is. They're just going to be this team that's just going to keep on surviving for another day and Preziosi will just wander off with the fairies and run things his own way, but he won't have a clear project to make uh, Genoa a competitive side. Yeah, there's a real risk that Genoa could turn into the new Palermo given that they've finally fallen into Serie B. But very, it's between Empoli and Crotone to go down. Crotone, as we said, play Lazio at home. And then at the same time, Palermo will be hosting Empoli. So the fixtures are kind of kindly pointing in favour of the Tuscan side there. But do you think the Pythagoreans can pull off the improbable and stay in Serie A? I think, as I said um, earlier about Lazio not being in the best run of form, Crotone can win. I just find it almost impossible for Empoli not to win. And one of the reasons is obviously pure football reasons, which is Empoli are a better side than Palermo. Uh, Palermo have no motivation. They've already been relegated. And actually, they, they'd have motivation to let, not the players, obviously, but the club, to let Empoli win because of how the so-called parachute system works in Italy for clubs that are relegated. You get given some money if you're relegated. And the more there's a pool of 60 million euros to be divided between the three teams that get relegated. And um, the team that earns the most are teams that have been three or more seasons in Serie A. And Palermo is one of them. So if the other two clubs are, have been in Serie A for less than that amount then Palermo, well, in this case, Palermo earns more. So it's, it's in their interest for Empoli to stay up and Crotone to go down, even economically. I don't know if the players will, will you know, react to this on the pitch, but for the club, it, there's a difference of about 15 million euros that Palermo would go on earning uh, at the end of their first Serie B season, so, at the end, so in, in a year's time. You would like to hope that that wouldn't have too much of an impact on the pitch. But then again, I don't think it's really needed because Palermo were beaten 2-0 by Pescara tonight. So, yeah, well, exactly. Everybody. But yeah, if we're going to move on then, Sassuolo beat Cagliari 6-2. We won't touch on this for too long. Basically, we've spoken about Fiorentina plenty. Is this Eusebio Di Francesco's Final home game with the Nero Verdi Vieri. I'll stick with you. I think he'll he'll stay. I think he'll, he's been linked to Fiorentina, um, but this is this is a very personal opinion. He's been linked to Fiorentina, and I think he he should move on because he's uh, he's probably done uh, done enough at Sassuolo. He's also been linked to Roma because of his past as a football player, um, but I think he might end up staying at Sassuolo if he gets. Um, you know the right guarantees from the from the club, but uh, but he's definitely ready to to move on after this uh, after this season, and I think he'd be a, a great pick for for any any mid 
to top club. I, I reckon that, that it could be Di Francesco's last home game too because I think you just touched upon it uh, just before, Vieri, that he's probably served his course at Sassuolo. I mean, he's done really well at Sassuolo and he's got them into Europe with a team with predominantly youngsters and they have sold some of the best players in the last few years. So I think when a coach stays at a club for a certain time, his ideas, maybe they don't necessarily get stale, but just because you're listening to the same voice all the time, the players might need some change of ideas. And I reckon that Di Francesco could do with a change as well. And I reckon he deserves to be at a bigger club than Sassuolo. So there are a lot of rumours circulating about who's coaching Fiorentina next season and who's coaching Roma next season. But I think between the two clubs, um, both options would be pretty good for Di Francesco. If I really had to pick one, though, uh, I would obviously say Roma because the uh, team that's really battling for the Champions League and the title to a degree. So, uh, again, probably with transfer funds, he would have more to work with. And also another thing that needs to be taken into consideration is that Roma's got an excellent youth system and he has shown that uh, he can work with youngsters. So I reckon Di Francesco, he could work with the bigger names at Roma and then slowly integrate a few youngsters and maybe even still keep that Giallo Rossi side competitive. So it's all speculative, but I think uh, uh, that would be a interesting path to go down. This does link in, of course, with one of the questions we got sent to us on Twitter before we came on. And that was, will the Serie A coaching carousel be more interesting than the actual player transfer market this summer with Spalletti and even Francesco Paolo Sousa maybe? There are bigger names moving around Serie A on the bench than there are on the pitch. Fieri, what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, potentially, potentially. I think with, uh, with coaches, it's always... Uh, a matter of the domino effect, really. So if something does get going, then it could be the rest could be amazing. And because because last summer a team like Juve bought, um, you know, Iguain, Pjanic, really big names. I think they'll calm down this year. They don't need the big big signing. So unless it's the Milan clubs um, spending heavily in terms of players, it might be a better summer. Um, or a more interesting one in terms of who moves around on the bench. You could have Pioli to Fiorentina, Spalletti to Inter, um, Di Francesco or Unai Emery to Roma. Montella should stay where he is, probably. Allegri, well, I think if he wins the treble, he might be leaving, and then who goes to Juventus? That would be, be a huge one. So I think Sari will stay where he is, but potentially Inzaghi will stay, Gasperini will stay. But you have four or five um, medium-big Serie A clubs who will be changing their managers. So, well, that's, that's exciting. Yeah, Alec has just got in touch in the live comments to say Alan Pardew for Inter. And I think we can all join in saying let's seriously hope Pardew doesn't rock up in Italy anytime soon. <laughs> One thing we have going on on the site at the moment is the end-of-season Forza Italian Football Awards. Vieri, do you want to talk the listeners and viewers through some of the categories that they can vote for? Well, obviously, um, you know, the, the main categories 
our player of the season, team of the season, coach of the season, goal of the season, and so on and so forth. Um, now, currently, if you want to get involved and you really feel for one of the players to win it, I can tell you that right now the player of the season is Dries Mertens with 18% of the votes ahead of Gonzalo Higuain with 17%. And then we've got Belotti, Gomez, Donnarumma, uh, and all the, the, the players who have made this area season as good as it's been. Of uh, question. Yep. How's Maro Icardi getting on in the top 10? <laughs> well, well, the one who got the least votes are Marek Hamsik and Sami Kandira on 2%, and Mari Icardi, uh, unfortunately, hasn't even made the final part. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you have time until the 5th of June to vote, just, and, and the, the final winners will be announced ahead of our last uh, podcast review. Um, the coach of the season, well, it's Giampiero Gasperini right now on 39%, but if you do think it's Allegri who should win, well, he's on 28%, so you could get in your votes for him. And uh, just to mention another category uh, quickly, the signing of the season, I think this is one of the most interesting category, categories to vote in, because where... Well, it's, it's difficult to tell uh, very often. I mean, Patrick Schick, one of the big revelations. Vito, you'll definitely know a lot about him. He's only on 7%. Um, but then you've got the winner at the moment. Again, you still have two weeks to, to vote your favorite. Is Danny Alves, I think, for what he's done in the past month. He's really uh, come out. And then Gonzalo Higuain is on 23%. The second, Chiro Immobile currently third on 17%. But as I said, there's plenty of time to vote, so do get your votes in. Uh, let us know what you think um, in the awards, and then you'll find out all about them on the 5th of June. Yeah, okay. Vito, have you casted your votes yet? Hmm. No, I still have to look into it, but after listening to Vieri, I think I might as well jump on the Patrick Schick bandwagon simply because uh, he's not a big or he's not a big name as yet, but for Sampdoria to sort of find him in the Czech Republic and he was only on loan from Sparta Prague. He didn't play many games there, so he was at a smaller club. And to be the impact sub that he has been, um, I think that's not just a tribute to just good uh, deal-making, but that's fantastic uh, scouting as well. But uh, aside from Schick, I reckon... If Danny Alves ended up winning this, he would uh, he would be a worthy winner because he arrived on a free transfer and he's still contributing to the team in his mid-30s. So I think uh, what he's done for the Bianconeri has been fantastic. Yeah, I think, I think my vote went to Danny Alves as well, to be honest. But we've moved on now to the, the time we've all been waiting for, really. This is the big Baggio giveaway and... This is one of a few exciting developments we have coming up on Forza Italian Football over the next few weeks. So to get you in the mood, we're giving away to our listeners, to our viewers, to readers, the chance to get their hands on a limited edition Roberto Baggio mug, which is also a Forza Italian Football mug, and a Roberto Baggio print courtesy of the extremely talented Barry Masterson. One lucky winner will get both prizes in the Big Badjo giveaway. And in order to have a chance of winning, all you need to do is answer one simple question. And that is, who said this about Roberto Baggio? 
Baggio was like an oil well, which only had a little crude oil extracted. So to enter, like this video, subscribe to the channel and leave your comments in the section down there. If you're listening to the podcast, just get in touch with us on Twitter and tweet your answer with the hashtag BigBadgeoGiveaway. Or alternatively, you can email us ForzaItalianFootball at snack-media.com. So there's three ways to enter. That's comment on the video here. Get in touch on Twitter or email us at ForzaItalianFootball at snack-media.com. Forgot to mention that the competition for the Baggio giveaway actually closes on the 28th of May, and the time of that is 11.30 p.m. Italian time. That pretty much brings us to the end, guys. We do have one little thing to mention. That is, there's a Gazetta Football Italia event on in London, and we've been given a special discount code for our listeners. Go over to unionchapel.org.uk find the Gazetta Football Italia live event and enter the code LONDRA at the checkout and you'll get 20% off Um, that pretty much brings us to the end of this week's podcast Patreon shout out Vieri do you want to do the Patreon and YouTube roundup please well if you if you aren't subscribers to our YouTube channel already well subscribe um we if you feel like you want to make a little contribution and become one of our patrons then we're on patreon as well and obviously twitter at seria affc and on facebook as well everyone who's been watching thank you very much thanks for getting involved with the live comments as we've been going we appreciate it it's nice to get your feedback as we go Those of you listening to the podcast, thank you as ever. And until next week, there's nothing else for me to say except ciao for now. Portaci dove vuoi, verso le tue conquiste, dove tu arriverai, sarà la storia di tutti noi, solo chi corre può fare di te la squadra che sei. Yeah.
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.